Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of St. Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12. We're going to begin reading with verse number 15 this morning. The book of Luke chapter 12 began reading of verse number 15. We're going to read down and include verse 34 this morning. Reading from the New Living Translation. Speaking of Jesus says, then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And then he told them a story. He said, a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what shall I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you're going to die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Verse 22, then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries in a Add a single moment to your life. And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I want to point out five Uh, things here in this long passage of scripture that Jesus said. Notice Jesus said, life is not measured by how much you own. And he said, life is more than food. And he said, seek the kingdom of God above everything else and he will give you everything you need. And Jesus said, it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. And finally, Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. This morning, for a few moments, I want to talk to you about how to make a life 
not just a living. Father, I just thank you for your incredible, your infallible, your life-altering and life-changing word. God, once again today, I ask the anointing of the Holy Spirit to rest upon the message and the messenger. Lord, I pray that you'll give us ears on our heart. Lord, help us not just hear the word, but also to heed your word. Make practical application of what we receive today. All of these things for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. There are too many people today who are so busy making a living, they have no time to make a life. I'm afraid that for some, the American dream has turned into a nightmare. You see, they have been taught that success is measured by your position, by your prestige, and by your possession. Several years ago, there was a bumper sticker that read, he who has the most toys at the end of life, wins. Really? No, I would suggest to you this morning that he who has the most toys at the end of life still dies. Just like everybody else. And they leave all their toys behind. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 49, verse 16 through 20, don't be impressed with the possessions of the rich. They will die just like everybody else, and they will take nothing with them. Their wealth won't follow them into the grave. Somebody said, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Now, Am I, am I preaching against having nice things today? Absolutely not. It's okay to have nice things. It's not okay when nice things have you. It's in my heart this morning to challenge you today. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't get so consumed with making a living that you have no time or energy to make a life. I would encourage you today to understand what true success in life is all about. And I would tell you this morning that it has nothing to do with facts and figures and finances. I would suggest today that it has nothing to do with breaking records or being recognized or achieving awards. On the other hand, it has everything to do with pleasing God in every area of our life. See, see, true success will be recognized and rewarded when we hear Jesus say, Oh, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over a lot of things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Well, today I want to suggest three things that will help you make a life, not just a living. And the first thing that I would suggest this morning is this, and that is grasp a proper understanding of true value. Grasp a proper understanding of true value. I love the the true story, absolutely true story, of a man who broke into a department store. But what is so interesting about this story is that he didn't steal anything. What he did was he swapped all the price tags around. (laughs) And what's funny is it was noon before anyone discovered what had been done. True story. 
Now, for three hours, customers came, and for three hours, customers would go. And they paid the price that was on the price tag. Now, some people got some really, really good deals. and Some people paid way too much for what they got. You see, the people assumed that the merchandise was properly priced. They assumed that the value on the price tag matched the value of the merchandise. And so it is in life. People assume the price tag matches the true value. And yet all all too often they discover over time that somebody, somebody has switched the price tag. Someone has placed a higher value on something than it is actually worth. We're going to make a life and not just a living. It will require us grasping a proper understanding of true value. Jesus said it in verse number 15. Jesus said, life is not measured by how much you have. I think it's pretty evident that I have a desire for our church to grow. And I know not all of you have that same desire. Some of you still wishes it was a little church. Aren't you glad we didn't stop growing when you were ready to get in? I want our church to grow. But I want to tell you that I value my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, and my relationship with my grandkids higher than the growth of this church. I tell my staff, I want our church to grow as large as it possibly can grow And all of us still have a life. See, if growing this church causes me or any one of my staff members to have problems at home, then we have overvalued church growth. And I would say to you this morning that if your new position costs you your marriage or if it costs you your children, I would submit to you that the price of the position is far too high of a price to pay. Don't lose your life in the process of making a living. Grasp a proper understanding of true value. Let me say two things here. First of all, relationships trump resources. Back to our text in the parable of the rich fool that Jesus told. I want you to I want to point something out that's very, very interesting. It's interesting to me that not one single person is mentioned in this story besides the rich man. There's no mention of a wife. There's no mention of a son. There's no mention of a daughter. There's no mention of even a friend. The one common denominator that gets mentioned over and over and over again is the word I. He says to himself, what am I going to do? And then he says, I know what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to pull down my present barns. And I'm going to build back bigger barns. And and I'm going to store all of my goods in this big barn. And I'm going to say to my soul, take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. I, 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 I. If you'll examine this story, you'll find that everything this rich man talks about has to do with resources. And not one single word is said about relationships. Perhaps he has none. Perhaps all of his efforts had been put into accumulating resources, and so he had lost all of his relationships because of it. Jesus called this man 
a fool. He had worked so hard in making a living that he had totally failed at making a life. Oh, hear me this morning at the end of the day. What good is it to have every luxury in life if you have no one to share it with? Relationships trump Resources. The second thing I would say here, and that is people are more important than projects or positions or possessions. I love the story. I've told it before, but I love the story of President George Bush Sr. President George Bush Sr. was once asked what his greatest accomplishment in life was. Now, you need to understand that George Bush Sr. was a decorated soldier. He was a war hero. He also was a state senator. He also was a vice president. He also was the president of the United States of America. But when George Bush Sr. was asked what his greatest accomplishment in life was, without hesitation, he said, my kids still love to come home. Evidently, President Bush had grasped a proper understanding of true value. He understood that people, especially family, are more important than projects. They're more important than positions, and they're more important than possessions. My subject today is how to make a life, not just a living. I'm giving you three suggestions. The first one is to grasp a proper understanding of true value. The second suggestion that I would give you this morning is this, and that is guard against greed. In verse 15, Jesus said, beware. Beware of what, Jesus? Jesus said, beware. Jesus said, guard against every kind of greed. Say every kind. I looked up the word greed in the dictionary, and one of the definitions of the word greed is an excessive desire. Say excessive. An excessive desire to acquire or possess more than one needs. John D. Rockefeller was a multi-millionaire many years ago. And somebody asked this multi-millionaire, how much is enough? Without hesitation, Rockefeller answered just a little bit more. He's got multi-millions of dollars, probably equal to a billion dollars in our day. How much? You got millions and millions and millions of dollars. You got stuff. You got... You got all of it. How much is enough? And he said, oh, oh, just a little bit more. This is the very same answer the rich fool gave. Oh, listen, look, look at it. His barns were already full. What am I going to do? I got this bumper crop, but my, my, my barn's already full. What, what is he going to do? Oh, oh, the barns were already full, but full barns were not enough. No, no, no. He's got to tear down the little barns he's got, and he's got to build himself some bigger barns. I don't know, but perhaps his personal mission statement for his life was probably just one word, and the word would be more. See, there's a fine line between ambition and greed. And we need to understand, I'm not preaching against ambition this morning. I'm not trying to slow everybody down this morning. There's a few people probably I need to, but but I'm not talking bad. Uh, There's a fine line between ambition and greed. Ambition is good, but unharnessed ambition turns into greed. Two things we need to understand here this morning, and the first one is things will never satisfy. Things will never 
satisfy. Most of us have today what we wished for yesterday. When I'm saying yesterday, I don't mean 24 hours ago. I mean in the past. Most of us have today what we wished for yesterday. Yesterday we said, you know, if I just had such and such, I'd be happy. Can't be happy today, but man, if I just had such and such, you know, that's all I need to be happy. That's all I need to be satisfied. Man, if I, you you know, if I only had this, if I just had this, you know, if I only lived here, you know, if I only had this job, well, today we have it, but are we happy and are we satisfied? Proverbs 27 and 20 says, the eyes of man are never satisfied. Many years ago, I, I looked up the word thing in the dictionary. I did it again uh, this past week to make sure that I remembered what I thought I remembered. And so I looked up online, and there are many definitions for the word uh, thing. Uh, but one of the definitions, the one that I remembered and the one that I still found even this past week, one of the definitions for the word thing is a material object without life. When I first heard that, when I first read that many years ago, man, that got my attention. Listen, because we're all about, you know, just getting things. You know, if I just had this thing or that thing or some other thing, man, I'd be happy. Oh, we're all about, you know, we're all giving up our our, our lives in in pursuit of things. And then you discover that things are, are material objects that have no life. How in the world do you think you're going to have a life, amen, just out of creating or accumulating some things because things are objects without life? Things will never satisfy. It's virtually impossible, is it not, for something dead to satisfy. Amen? Here's something else we need to understand. That is greed will never stop demanding more. Greed will never stop demanding more. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. Oh, the Bible says those who love money will never have enough. If you love money, you'll never have enough goes on to say how meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. That's what the wisdom writer writes. That's pretty good, isn't it? Just win the lottery and you'll find out how many friends you have. Amen. And I'm not encouraging you to, re, to, to, to uh, buy lottery tickets. If you do, though, you do need to tithe. Amen. See, Pastor, you take the devil's money, I sure would. I'd take anybody's money, amen. <laughs> I'd put it in the kingdom of God, amen. I'd say, God, you provided, and you use the devil to deliver it, amen. <laughs> Greed will never stop demanding more. Here, here's what I've discovered. All we want is what we don't have. That's all we want is just whatever we don't have. All we want is just a little bit more than we have. That's all we want. Greed will never stop demanding more. Here's what you need to understand, and that is greed is an addiction. Greed is an addiction, and every addiction escalates. It demands more tomorrow than what you fed it today. If you're going to make a life and not just a living, you must guard yourself against greed. Whether, whether that be greed in the area of money, whether that be the greed in the area of power or, or recognition or accomplishment, and the list goes on and on and on 
and on. All right, let's look at my third suggestion today. If we're going to make a life and not just a living, we must generate a generous lifestyle. Generate a generous lifestyle. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus said, give and you will receive. Now, people say, if I had it, I would give it. But Jesus said, no, if you would give it, you would have it. Give, Jesus said, and you will receive. It doesn't matter. It's a principle. It's a principle. It doesn't matter if you're talking about money, if you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, anything in life. Jesus said, give, and you will receive. And he goes on to say, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. And he says that the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to challenge you today to generate a, gen- a generous lifestyle. And I want to encourage you today to become generous in every area of your life. Become generous with your time. Become generous with your talents. Become generous with your treasure. Become generous with compliments and encouraging words. Mary Kay Nash says everyone... Walks around with an invisible sign around their neck saying, make me feel important. Become generous with compliments. Become generous with encouraging, uplifting words. Mark Twain said, I can live two months on a good compliment. When I grow up, I want to be like Jack Cantor. How many know Jack Cantor? Jack Cantor is an older gentleman in our congregation. And when I grow up, I want to be like Jack. Because Jack is the most complimentary person I have ever met in my life. Every Sunday he comes to me in the lobby and tells me I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. A few weeks ago... He came to me and he said, you have the wisdom of Solomon. And then the next week he came back and he said, Solomon could learn something from you. <laughs> he told me, he says, Pastor, he says, I've been, he said, I'm in my 80s and I've been in church my whole life and I've heard thousands of sermons and I've heard hundreds of preachers. You're the best preacher I've ever heard. I love Jack Cancer. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I was standing in the lobby, and he was ooing and gooing over me, and another gentleman walked up, and he could hear what Jack was saying, so I grabbed Jack around the neck, and I said to this man behind that was coming up behind, I said, this is my number one fan right here, and this man said, oh, I'm number two. I love you too, brother. How hard is it? I'm not, I'm not begging for compliments. I get plenty of them. I get the other stuff too, believe me. That's why I love Jack so much. He'll balance out somebody else. Become generous in every area of your life. Amen. 
I'm generous with compliments and encouraging words. And just not every, but just about every Sunday when I leave the church, I text somebody and say, man, you did a great job today, man. You did a great job on the, on the platform. Or you did a great job here or there somewhere, and I haven't told some of you, so now you're saying, well, you don't think I'm doing any good, and I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you're all doing great. God bless you. <laughs> Become generous with your smile. Some of you haven't smiled in so long, you're afraid it'd break your face. (laughs) Be generous in traffic. (laughs) They just got gas at at racetrack, and the cars are lined up, and they're wanting to go just like you're wanting to go. Let them in. But I will tell you that when I let them in, they better give me the little wave. (laughs) Be generous with your stuff. For goodness sake, it's just stuff. Some of you guys and gals guard your stuff like it's Holy or something. You know what stuff is? Material objects without life. I bought myself a new toy a little while ago. I asked my staff if they wanted to enjoy it. And they looked at me like, are you kidding, Pastor? Really? Yeah, it's just stuff. Just stuff. My wife and I get great joy when we get to share our stuff with our family and our friends. I remember when I didn't have any stuff. And I remember people that were generous with their stuff, and I also remember people that were stingy with their stuff. I got a little stuff now. I got a lot. I got a little stuff now, and I don't mind sharing my the stuff I have. I get joy out of sharing. I don't want it just for me. I don't want it just for my wife. I want it for my family. I want it for my friends. Sure, I'll get a lot of requests after church. <laughs> Here's what I've discovered about generosity: generous people tend to be happy people. I've yet to meet a happy miser. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Let me tell you this morning that if you have more than you need, there's a purpose for the surplus. But say that again. God has a purpose for the surplus. And I will tell you that it is not just to buy yourself a bigger house. And it is not just to buy yourself a fancier car. 
It's to meet the need of others. Jesus said you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. And here's what you do with the leftovers. He said share it with others. And 1 John 3 and 17 says if anyone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Goes on to say let us not merely say we love one another but let us demonstrate it by our actions. We're talking about generating a generous lifestyle. Generous people tend to be happy people and generous people always have something to give. Oh, I know I've said it many times, but I'll say it over and over again until I'm out of here. I love to say if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. The reason why this church is prospering is because God knows we're not going to keep it all for ourselves. God knows that we are going to pass it on through. God knows, amen, that we have a heart of giving. And so because God knows he can get us through us, then he's going to get it to us. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not worried about our payment. I'm not worried about, about paying the staff. I'm not worried about all of these things, and it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money, but I'm not worried about it. I don't spend time worrying about it. I don't spend sleepless nights because I have confidence, not confidence in me, but confidence in God. I know what this church is built on right now, and it's built on having a heart for God and having a heart for caring and having a heart for giving, and as long as we care and as long as we give, amen, God's going to continue to send his people, amen, we're going to keep building buildings, we're going to keep adding missionaries, we're going to still keep planting churches. Amen. And every need is going to be met. And not only are the needs going to be met, there's going to be a surplus because if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. I'm sorry, you came too late to teach me anything else. I've done that for 45 years now and I have seen it work. And as long as those churches keep doing that principle that I taught them, the churches prosper. When they start getting stingy, when they start, you know, worrying and fretting and, you know, all this stuff, I've seen them. It puts a halt to the growth and the health of that church. Just saying. If God can get it through you, he, can, he will get it to you. Love saying, if you'll become a giver, God will make sure you always have something to give. I love saying God wants us to be a river, not a reservoir. Proverbs 22 and 9, blessed are those who are generous. What happens to those that are generous? Blessed are those who are generous. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, give freely and you won't have anything, right? No. Oh, Proverbs says give freely and become even more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. They will what? Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Amen. If I get some help on the platform this morning, very quickly and very quietly this morning, please. The takeaway for this message today is John 10 and 10. It's one of my life verses. I love the amplified rendition of it. Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance and have it to the full and have it until it overflows. Evidently, Jesus wants us to make a life and not just a living. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning. God, will you... Will you cause your word to do what you intended for your word to do today? 
Holy Spirit, would you do your work today in the hearts and lives of your people in this room today? In Jesus' name.